Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Praise your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may have a seat. You may have a seat, although you may want to, you may want to get up here in just a minute and start to celebrate some more. So I came into church, and there's something about the front row this morning. There's something about the front row this morning. So if, if you, if, I'm not saying anything about those who are sitting towards the back. I get it. I get it. You, some, we just sit, you know, you get comfortable where you're at. But honestly, we've got three testimonies in the front row. Three testimonies from the front row. And I'm going to ask if those three ladies would share their testimony with us this morning before I even get started in the Word of God because it's encouraging and it brings us hope. For he is good, and he does good, and his mercies are new every single day. All right, so, Patty, you want to go first here? You want to come up? You want to come up? Because yeah. we see it on Facebook. See? see look see at this. This is, part of the, this is part of the testimony right here. I had hernia surgery. I've had a hernia for quite a while. And um, they kept putting it off. It got so I couldn't even walk. My right leg, I couldn't do steps. I was dragging it. And then after my surgery, all of a sudden, I said, thank you, God, you heard my prayer. I can go up and down my 13 steps up to my bedroom every night. And I can walk, and I was even dancing. Praise Praise God. God. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Give her a hand. That was awesome. All right, Tammy, you want to come up here? I'm putting, these, putting them on the spot here this morning. <laughs> Good morning. My husband and I have four children. And um, three or four months ago, our youngest, our daughter, came to us and said that she had been diagnosed with breast cancer. And as a parent, you know how we felt. And God always hears our hearts and our prayers because they wanted to do eight rounds of chemo and radiation. And she had her first round of chemo, and she was so ill. And she absolutely refused to have any more. Thank God for people that pray. My prayer sisters know my heart. And they were joining with me in prayer. Todd took Amy to Pittsburgh, and they said they thought the tumor had had, um, shrunk. But in the meantime, she had come to the house just sobbing her heart out. And I says, honey, you need Jesus. And so she accepted the Lord. Well, then about a month later, she went back to Pittsburgh again, and they couldn't find the tumor at all. (laughs) Hallelujah. I have one more. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about this. This has been a busy summer at our house. Hallelujah. My 15-year-old grandson, Zachary, has been having a terrible time with the new math. And they said that he probably wouldn't go to the next grade because he, was, he had a heart condition in the beginning of summer, which the Lord healed, by the way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But he was off school for a long time and had a lot of makeup work to do. He is going into the 10th grade. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. All right. Pastor Pam, on the spot, impromptu. Come on up. Come on up. This is right. This is good. Hey, if this is all I'm doing today, I am okay with that. <laughs> Praise God. Saints, do you remember about eight years ago when I caught whooping cough and it's been a battle? Hmm. I have not sung in eight years. I've struggled. And the, my walk with God started when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. He'd give me these incredible, beautiful songs. And I'd sing my prayers in the Spirit. And I have missed that. And I began to notice Earlier this week at, at a Rama conference that I, I could sing a couple of phrases. And then yesterday at the funeral, I could sing like six phrases. I sang my, when he asked for songs for that family, I sang it in the spirit. I have my singing voice back. When Jim went through this, the Lord said, I will restore all things. And I said, Lord, could I have that back? Hallelujah. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be. I see somebody smiling, a pretty big smile over here. <clears throat> wow. Goodness sakes. I got to preach now. Come on. <laughs> oh, let us pray, mostly for me and then also for you. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you for what you are doing in our midst and in our presence. Father, you are truly a miracle-working God. And Father, we serve you and we worship you with our hearts and everything that we are. 
Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are moving us from glory to glory. Father, you are so good. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. I just pray, Father God, that you will help our ears to be open, our eyes to see what you have for us. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Oof. We are in a series called Marked by Miracles. Can anybody? Yeah, it's working. Yeah, I am not, I'm not too shocked here at all. We are truly a church that is being marked by miracles. Miracle after miracle. Day after day, week after week, God is doing a miraculous work. And the key scripture we've been using is in Job and it's chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. It says, But if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him because he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. And he performs miracles that cannot be counted. He is performing miracles, church, that cannot be counted. And I am so excited for the miracles that we see the miracles of restoration of voices, the miracles of cancerous cells being disintegrated and gone in the name of Jesus. I am excited for all these things. But church, do you know what I am just as excited about? I am excited that for all of those prayers that we are sending forth that have actually stopped the devil's work before it even was able to take root in the name of Jesus. Church, you realize that those are the ones we can't count because we don't know about them because they already were thwarted by our prayer warriors and by you and by me and by all of us taking our requests to God, making them known to him, sending out his angels that go out before us. How many testimonies and miracles that the Spirit knows they are happening in the spiritual realm that we cannot count. So I am just as excited about those because he has us walking walking, walking in his love, in his life. So we've been reading through the Lord's Prayer, and what I've been trying to teach on is how do we live a life that's marked by miracles? How do, how do we do that? How do we live this life that's marked by miracles? And we've been walking through the Lord's Prayer, and we started from the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, uh, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And last week, we looked at, and forgive us our debts. And we had a wonderful, wonderful water baptism service, and it was just an expression of God's goodness, how he washes us clean, how he has forgiven us of our debts. We no longer have to hold on to them. We've given them to him, and he has forgiven us. He is a forgiving God. Well, the next part of the Lord's Prayer, what Jesus taught us to prayer is, and it starts with the word, as. Okay, this is where this is usually during the part of the preaching where it gets silent. Because people are starting to realize, wait a second, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we forgive our debtors. And so, first of all, I want to look at what does that word forgive mean? The word in Greek, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but the word in Greek, it means to set free, to let go, to release, to discharge, or to liberate completely. You see, God has liberated complete. When we have asked him for forgiveness, when we ask him to forgive us our sins, church, this is a daily 
thing. Yes, we have asked the Lord, many of us here have asked Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. We've accepted him as Lord and Savior. But this is a prayer he's asking us to pray, part of the daily bread. He's saying pray this daily. Ask for forgiveness each day. We all have sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Yes, if something happened to us, yes, we would go to heaven if we didn't happen to ask for forgiveness yet during that day for our sins. But I'm telling you, what God wants us to do is daily say, Lord, forgive me for where I've walked away from you. Forgive me that I was in fear over this situation. Forgive me that I was in worry. Forgive me that I didn't trust fully in you that you would take care of this. And this word forgiveness means to cancel a debt, to release someone or, or someone from the obligation of a contract, a commitment. It is releasing someone from that obligation that has happened. You see, Jesus wants us to pray this because this is what the Father wants to do. He wants to cancel our debt. He wants to completely cancel our debt. Again, this is something we need to be doing on a daily basis. Why? Because he keeps no record of wrong. And because of the work that Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And then the second part of this word forgive means to send forth. So it's like let go and send forth. Let go and send forth. And I'm like, well, this makes a lot of sense as it, as it pertains to me. My personal life was, Lord, forgive me. Thank you, Lord. You're let going of those sins, and you're sending me forth to move on. As we forgive our debtors. At, this is the picture of forgiveness. This is the picture of it for us to be able to let it go and to then send forth. And the send forth, I truly believe, is in two different realms. It's sending forth yourself because you're no longer, you're no longer condemned. You're no longer feeling the burden of what somebody else has done to you. You're able to forgive them. It actually releases you. It actually releases you from the bondage that has happened over that sin that was committed to you. It releases you. And then at the same time, when you say, I want to forgive those who have sinned against me, you are also releasing them. Oh my goodness. This is so powerful. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We are actually saying, I want to let go. I want to release them. And I want to release the stronghold that that sin has had on my life in the name of Jesus. Oh my goodness. This is why he's asking us, this is why Jesus is commanding us to forgive as God has forgiven. Because he knows the freedom that comes with forgiveness. He knows the freedom that comes when we forgive. As we forgive our debtors. Another translation in the Passion Translation says, Forgive us the wrongs that we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness. As we release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Oh my goodness, how do we do this? Church, I get it, this is not easy. It's not easy. And I truly feel like that God has just downloaded just a few things, keys, that will help each and every person as you walk out of here today to be able to forgive those who have hurt you in your life. This is such an important message. Such an important message. And I was weeping this morning before church, which I do actually fairly often now. And I truly saw that as we were leaving the church, as we were leaving the church service this morning, that those chains of bitterness and unforgiveness that people have held 
just started to drop off of people. They started to drop off of people. And you will walk out of here. You will be able to forgive someone that you never thought you would be able to forgive. Because of him and because of his strength and his might, and his power. And when that chain gets released, I'm telling you, church, there are people that are going to walk out of here feeling like you lost 50 pounds of weight. It's like what was a 45-pound dumbbell. It's like there are so many of us here this morning that are carrying around a 45-pound dumbbell, and you're going to leave it here. And you are going to forgive that person this morning that has hurt you, that has done something to you that is atrocious, that's absurd, that is not from God, from the pit of hell. But you're going to be able to forgive them this morning. And you're going to walk out of here with a new freedom. You're going to walk out of here with a new joy. You're going to walk out of here with that weight being left behind. And I'm telling you, it's going to, it's going to be like you're dancing through the parking lot. You're going to be like, whoa, where's my car? You ever feel like, you know, like when you get the new running shoes on? How many of you have ever had new running shoes like when you're little and you strap them on and you're like, what? I am lighter. I am faster. I can jump higher. I can move quicker. How many have had this experience? Okay, well, we're going to have that experience this morning because God wants to release forgiveness in our life. Forgiveness as we forgive others. You see, your sin has already been forgiven. It is now our time to release the sin's burden and bondage on us that somebody else did. That condemnation has to go in the name of Jesus. Has to go. And not only will you release yourself, you're going to release that other person. You know what, church? You can forgive someone without them asking for forgiveness. I say it again. You can forgive someone without them asking you for forgiveness. So that person may not be here. That person may not stand up in the middle of the service and say, will you forgive me? That's probably not going to happen. That'd be a little disruptive. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a release this morning. A release this morning. Why is this important? Why is this important? A few, there's a few reasons why. One, so that God forgives us. Yes, thank you. But guess what, church? We are not like God. What this forgive, this word as means, it says means in a similar, in the same manner. It means in the same manner. So what God is saying to us is, look, you're not God. You're not going to be able to forgive like I forgive. So I know it says as we forgive, but what he's trying to tell us is, is in the same manner. And in the same manner means to let go and to send forth. To let go and to send forth. So in the same manner that God has forgiven us, we need to forgive those who have trespassed against us. This is what he's telling us. We can't be exactly like, I get it, you can't. I mean, we're not going to be able to forgive exactly like God is. That would be impossible, but he, with him, all things are possible. Why else does God want this? Because he wants unity. He wants unity. Forgiveness leads to unity. Ephesians 4, verse 2. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He wants unity in your life, in the relationships that he has put in your life. This is what he wants. He also wants reconciliation. Matthew 5, 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar... Now, most preachers don't, this is not a tithe and offering scripture. 
You'll, get this, you'll start laughing about this here in just a minute. This is not the tithe and offering scripture that most preachers use. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and give your gift. Now, if I would have given you that, mess, if I would have given you that scripture before tithes and offerings, you all probably would have had to leave and then come back a little bit later to bring your offering. Come on, I'm just saying what the Bible's preaching here. This is what he's teaching us. But what the Lord is saying, oh my goodness, look at what he's saying here. He's saying, you know what, don't even bring your gifts to me if there is some unforgiveness, if there is a rift, if there is a challenge, if there is a problem that you need to go seek forgiveness or you need to go forgive somebody. He's saying, forget it. Forget it, go do that first. Go do that first. God wants to, another reason why God wants to answer our prayers of faith. Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. We get excited about this. This is the word. This is faith right here. This is saying, you know, I am going to believe this, and this is what I want to see happen. And then it goes on. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And we start jumping around, and we're getting excited. We're like, yes, Lord, I want to receive that. Yes, I'm praying in faith for that. Yes, bring that, Lord. I want that. I want to receive that. I want to receive that. And then the Lord says, we'll keep reading. Oh. No, 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 I just want that verse right where it is. I don't want to have any other verses to go with it. I just want that verse. And he says, keep reading. Oh, come on, what? What's next? And, oh, so and, uh, something else that's going to happen. Whenever you stand praying, okay, so I'm praying for these things. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Oh my gosh. Church, you want to live a life marked by miracles? You want to see a life that has all of these promises come in? God's commanding us that says, then go forgive those who have trespassed against you. How often we pray over and over for a miracle and it doesn't happen, but the Lord's showing us there's some things you have to do. There's some things I have to do. I have to ask for some forgiveness. I have to forgive somebody in my life. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Why? So that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. That's tough business right there. That is tough business to hear. The last reason, well, the last two reasons here, and we'll get into how to do this because it's important. I want you to know how to do it when you leave because we're going to just practice it for a minute and then we'll send you out of here with your new sneakers on running around with 45 pounds less. Hallelujah. Bitterness leads to sickness. Guys, this is a scientifically proven fact that when unforgiveness lingers for such a long time in someone's life, it doesn't mean it happens all the time, but it's proven that cancerous cells begin to multiply. This is like a proven medical fact. But God understands this. So he's telling us in Hebrews 2, verse 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. He does not want any root of bitterness springing up, causing trouble. And by this, many become defiled. You know what that word defiled means? It means contaminated. So that scripture is proving science 
Science is proving scripture, I guess would be the better way to say it, right? Because this happens on a daily basis. So what it's saying is, as a root of bitterness takes root, that thing, whatever that root, wherever that root is, becomes contaminated. Becomes contaminated. If there's unforgiveness in your life, it is contaminating you. Oh my goodness, church. It is contaminating you. We have to release it. Now, guys, we, we do some pastoral counseling. I, even in this short period of time, the stuff that people go through and the stuff that you guys experience and the, the pain and the heartache, I get it. This isn't just like a rah, rah, rah. Yeah, go ahead and go forgive. Yeah, come on, good luck with that. I understand this is difficult. This is hard. People have done stuff to you that is just not right and is not fair. And it's not because of anything that you did. But God still was commanding us to forgive them. To let that go. To release that. The Bible promises this. In Romans 8, 28. It says, we know that in all things, we know that in all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. So how do we do this? How do we do it? Number one, we have to ask God for help. Guys, you can't do it on your own. It's ridiculous to think you can do it on your own. The very first step in forgiveness is to say, God, I need your help with this. I cannot, relieve, I cannot forgive this person. I need your help. Because you can forgive that person with his strength, with his power. The offering verse, with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing's impossible. That means whoever did something to you that is so atrocious, so rotten, so filthy, so dirty, you can still forgive them. You can forgive them because of his power at work in you. The second thing we need to do is we need to decide that we'll forgive. Church, there are people here this morning, you have to make a decision. I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to spend just a short time in prayer. You're going to have an opportunity to release forgiveness. You need to begin thinking if you're going to make that decision or not. I cannot force you to do it. You have to decide. The next step in this forgiveness process is you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. I'm going to read this. People must forgive all who need forgiveness. If the first person to forgive is yourself, you need to say, God, before you, I forgive myself. Whatever I've done, I accept your forgiveness, and I forgive me. It's very simple, but it's a profound statement, because as long as we feel that we are under condemnation, we will never have the faith to see miracles. You're never going to have the faith to see miracles. The first person you need to forgive is, you know what, you need to forgive yourself. You stop walking around in condemnation. Many of the things that have happened to you were not your fault. But you begin to blame yourself because this happened to me because I did this. This happened to me because I did that. Are there consequences to things you do? Sure, certainly. But there are many of you sitting here who had nothing to do with what happened to you. Nothing to do with what happened to you. You must see yourself as God sees you. Washed clean. Completely forgiven. 
This next step, I believe, is the most important one. Well, they're all important, because with God, it's impossible. But I'm calling this practice separation. I want to explain this. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. We must understand that this battle is not with the other person. As hard as that seems, because it's that individual person that offended you, it's that individual person that molested you, it's that individual person that did something to you. You have to understand that the battle is against the enemy. The battle is against Satan. We must learn to separate the person from where the battle truly is and who truly the enemy is. The Bible teaches us that there is an enemy, and that enemy is trying to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible clearly says the battle is not against flesh and blood. The battle is not between me and you. Not here and there. It's between spiritual powers. So this means that the enemy will use every avenue possible to try to hurt you. He will try. You say, well, I I, I can't believe, I can't forget that person because they're a Christian. How could a Christian do it? You know what? The enemy will try to use every avenue possible. He will try. And many a times, me included, have been the avenue of hurting someone. But I'm a Christian. Pastor Jason, what do you mean you've hurt? I have hurt people. The way that we forgive is that we need to see that we are forgiving that person because that person is not the one. We need, to sep- we need to separate that person and see them as God sees them. We have to see that it is the enemy at work that's trying to come through them. We have to separate out. And when we begin to see that the battle is really here and not here, we can actually take a step back and say, you know what? I can forgive. I can forgive. I can forgive because I can understand now that there's an enemy and the battle is really with that enemy and not with this actual person. So the way we forgive is we need to separate that person from the actual spiritual battle that's going on. And then once that's separated, then we need to say to the devil, you know what, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Now, I highly recommend not when someone comes up to you, if you believe that the enemy is trying to work through them, that you start rebuking that person right there. Okay, I mean, be led by the Spirit. I'm not going to tell you what to do or what not to do. But what I'm telling you, church, is that there are things that come at you that you say, no, 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 no. I am not receiving that. I am not receiving what was said to me. Do not let anything take root that does not line up with your identity in Christ. You cannot let it take root. You have to fight that battle. Negative things can be said over you, but you do not have to accept them or receive them. When we forgive, because we can separate out the true enemy, the true problem, and our energy is focused on defeating the devil, not trying to defeat the person that has hurt you. 
We have to practice separation. Andy, Andy, you are the team if you want to come up. And the last part here is we have to pray for the person that hurt us. If you want to release forgiveness, you have to ask God for help. You have to decide that you're going to forgive. You have to say, you know what, I, I forgive myself. And they have to realize that this battle is not against that person, but this battle is against the enemy. And you have to separate that out, and then you have to pray for that person. Is this hard? Absolutely. But you see, the Bible teaches us that forgiveness is letting go and sending forth. Letting go and sending forth. When we release that forgiveness, we are letting it go. We are releasing something new in our own life. We are taking a weight off of our own life. And we're also able then, that person who we have now forgiven, a release, a weight is also being taken off of them. So how often do we have to do this? (laughs) Every day. Every day. I can't, how can I do this? With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. The Bible says 70 times 7. That's 490. I can do quick math. But it basically means all the time. Constantly. Because the Lord knows he does not want bitterness to remain in here. He does not want unforgiveness to remain in here. He wants to release you. He wants you to be able to let it go. And to be released into a new freedom, into a new peace, with a 45-pound weight off your shoulders. I just want to take a moment and have everybody just bow your heads and enter into an atmosphere of prayer. I don't want you to leave here without having this opportunity to forgive someone in your life. And I know as well as I'm walking around up here, that as I've been speaking, the Lord has put people, you've seen their face. You've seen the person that you need to release forgiveness to this morning. You've seen them. You know them by name. They may be a relative, they may be a child, they may be a father, they may be a mother, it may be your co-worker, it may be your boss. Daily we must forgive. And I truly believe that this morning, he wants you to let go and to release Father, your word says that with you all things are possible. Father, I truly believe that many people here have made a decision this morning to forgive someone, to truly let go and send forth. Father, you know that decision that they've made. And as they've bowed their heads, They're asking 
that you help them. For with you, nothing is impossible. Church, I would just encourage you softly, you can even, not even, it doesn't have to be verbal. Just begin to release that person. Just say the words that you forgive them. You will no longer be bound by that bitterness. Release them this morning. Forgive them this morning. Practice the separation. Speak against the lies of the enemy now. Do not let them take root. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, your word says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Father, we thank you that we can be your sons and daughters this morning. We thank you that we can practice forgiveness as you forgive us in the same manner, releasing those who have hurt us, no longer holding on to those things anymore. Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive those. Praise your name. Father, as we pray, I thank you that the weight, the weight, that burden, that yoke that they have carried, some for days, some for weeks, some for years, some for decades, is being lightened right now. Lightened right now. Father, all over this place, People are deciding to forgive. You are releasing peace into their life. Release joy into their life. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for forgiving us. And Father, this morning, we release those who have sinned against us. We forgive them. Now just begin to pray for them. Begin to see them as God sees them. Father, we pray for them now. In your precious name. Your precious name. Thank you, Lord. Weights being lifted. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Wasn't planning on going this long, but there's a few of you that still haven't decided. There's a couple here that still haven't decided to release that person. I am encouraging you to release them. I can't make you do it. 
I can't make you do it. But I'm telling you, when you do, there will be a weight that is lifted off. I truly believe that healing will begin to occur in your physical body as you release this person. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray that you would give that person eyes to see and right now, that, that, that person that they are struggling to forgive, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would see them as you see them. Yes, Lord. That they would have your eyes. And that they would trust you in this that as they release this person, that you are there beside them, with them, for them. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like there's someone here who needs to know something. The Lord walked me into, through this process. I didn't know any of this. Pastor Jason wasn't preaching it to me back then, 12 years ago. And the Lord walked me through this process with my father. And I was a good girl, and I loved the Lord. And so I treated my father well. And I thought I had forgiven him. But, oh, there was. There were walls that were there, and there was... There was um, There were attitudes that were unloving still. And the Lord led me in this process. And at that time, I was suffering under depression, postpartum depression, and it was severe. And the Lord began to stir up one Sunday afternoon after a good teaching of the word, not on forgiveness. It was on murder and hatred. And I went home that afternoon and the Lord led me and the scales fell off my eyes and he showed me my dad and he showed me him as a child and he showed me the scheme of the enemy against him using terror and fear. My dad used to lose his temper. And he would hit, and he would throw, he would yell, and it was terrifying. And this was our life for so many years. And when it was all over, he would weep. He would weep like a broken man. Was it my father that, sh- that sought to destroy me? Was it him he wanted to destroy? No. It was the devil, the enemy. It was his scheme. And when I released my dad, it was the easiest thing I'd ever done because the Lord gave me eyes to see. And I saw it was not 
my father who I loved and who loved me. And I always knew he loved me, even in spite of all that. I did. I always knew he loved me because he told me so. And he hugged me a lot. And when the Lord took those scales off of my eyes and I began to see that separation, I knew who the enemy was. And I knew that he had, been, he had stolen from me a relationship with my father as a grown woman. And I had allowed it unknowingly. But when the Lord began to show me, because I asked him to show me, depression left immediately. Praise God. Immediately. Praise God. Anger left my home my person, the grip that it had had on me, left immediately. And if ever it showed its face again, I saw it clearly. And I was made whole. And the enemy was defeated in our home that day. The enemy was defeated in generations that day. My dad wasn't in the room. I called him weeping and begged for his forgiveness. And he couldn't believe that it was me. He thought it was his baby, my baby sister. He couldn't believe it was me, and he began to weep. My dad died six months later, and he was 50 years old. The Lord knew what needed to be done so that I could have peace. And I didn't even know that the unforgiveness was there. And so I believe, I wouldn't come up here and share this if I didn't think that there was someone here God is pressing in on your heart because he has peace for you. He has freedom like you've never known for you. And there's a release that has to happen. It has to happen. The terror, the fear, the anger, the harm, everything that the devil tried to destroy me with as a baby, as a baby, As a baby, before I was even born, there was terror. That's the works of the enemy and not the works of my precious parents. Do you know every person is precious to the Lord? And this this teaching on separation, I just implore you to take it before the Lord and ask him to teach you. He is the best teacher. He is the best teacher. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, as we as we just seek your face one more time during this service, we seek your kingdom and your righteousness. Father, your word says that all these things shall be added to us. So, Father, we seek you. Strengthen us. Give us eyes to see. Let us see who the real enemy is. Let us practice forgiveness every day. Father, as we do, thank you for the releasing of depression, the releasing of sickness, a complete and total wholeness come upon you, says the Lord. And you will run like you've got new sneakers on.
That's good. Have we been praying this morning? It was restoration. Restoration, restoration. Relationships restored. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love that I wrote here, Liz (laughs) and her dad. Life can be short. Example of that. So you actually came up right when I... God is good. God is good. He knows the exact message that you guys need to hear, when you need to hear it. We love you guys. If you need prayer for anything in your life, we've got some small group leaders that are coming up. If they can be, they're up here to pray for you. Healing for salvation. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Come up here and grab one of these small group leaders and they will pray for you. I don't know if I've said this before, but you guys need to know something. When we need prayer, do you know who we go to? These people. We go to these people here. <laughs> so don't come up here rushing to the two of us like we've got some kind of special... A special answer. No. <clears throat> well, we have a good answer. But... We do have a good answer. But what I'm telling you is that when we need prayer, we come to these people. Right. because And these people, and all of you, when we spend time in the presence of the Lord... His light grows within us, and the power and the anointing flow. So if you need prayer, I encourage you to come and let these people just put their hands on you and pray, and you will feel feel the power and the anointing of, of heaven. Praise God. Well, church, it's a beautiful day out there. It isn't quite evening. I think I prophetically spoke earlier that it's going to go long today, but... It's not, even, it's not even lunchtime yet, so go enjoy some time, have some fellowship, and come on up here and get some prayer. Be blessed and have a wonderful day. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.